The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive, which, it, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O men of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for, to, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. The Gospel of the Lord. very consoling and beautiful words from the Lord, but sometimes also very hard to allow them to enter into our hearts, right? This holy abandon that we have to have to God's providence. But what the Lord is getting at in today's gospel, one of the things that he is uh, directing his disciples is also to the right use of their minds, not to give their minds over to excessive consideration of even the necessities of this life, the things that we need, food, drink, clothing, All of these things are not simply things that we want. They're things that are necessary in order to sustain life and to to allow us to continue uh, living, but also not to become overly anxious about those things. And so what the Lord has done just previous to this scene in the gospel is he has spoken to his disciples about the right direction of their love and their hearts. What do they value? Because as he says, where your treasure is, your heart will be. And so he's speaking to his disciples about what they should be treasuring, but also to be careful about what they value. Because whatever we value in this life is where our love and our efforts will be directed. And so what he was pointing out is making sure that what we value above all things is God himself, so that our heart is always drawn towards God. Now he speaks about the right ordering of our will and the right activity of our minds. First, he begins regarding the will, no one can serve two masters. 
What does it mean to have a master? It means that there is someone over us whose will is superior to ours or to whom our will is subject. In this life, unfortunately, we have examples where that is forced upon people, but with God that is not so. The slavery that we have to God is simply the subjection of our will to His will, that His will becomes the ordering principle in our life, that His will is the will that we desire to follow. We cannot serve two masters. This can even refer to our own will. We can set up our own will in competition with God's will. There can be two masters in our life. And until we have subjected our will to God's will, we are still trying to serve two masters. Inasmuch as we are trying to achieve what we want, we put ourselves in a type of contradiction or type of battle with the will of God. Until we subject our will to His will, well then we are no longer serving two masters but one. Our will becomes obedient to His. The Son shows us how to do this in His passion. No longer, not, not as I will, but Thy will be done. And that should be our own prayer as well, as we order our wills according to God's will, and then therefore no longer serve two masters. But also, how do we use our thoughts and our mind? What do we think about? And very often, we can become overly anxious about the necessities of life. Not the necessities of today, but sometimes of tomorrow or even after that. And the Lord says, do not be anxious about these things. Even your own natural life, hand these all over to the care of the Father who is anxious himself for us, who loves us, who is always thinking of us. Give up these types of thoughts and use our mind for what it is supposed to be used for. One of the problems about becoming overly anxious about things is that those type of thoughts then creep into our moments of prayer. And our prayer is not prayers of peace, prayers of the contemplation of God. We spend too much time thinking about ourselves and not enough time thinking about Him. When we begin to think of God, that's where we find our peace. When we consider that we have a heavenly Father, then all anxiety evaporates because we have a Father who is in heaven. What the Lord then tells his disciples is to consider creation. Look out at everything that God has made. And everything that he has made, we can see he cares for it. He cares for it. Even the smallest and what we, what we might consider the most insignificant things, the birds of the air, the flowers of the field. All of these things fall under his providence and his care. And yet these things have a relationship to God that is simply creator to creature. We have an even deeper relationship with the heavenly Father in that we call him Father. He has a particular care over the creatures who share his image and his likeness. If he cares for the flowers and the birds to such an extent, how much more will he care for those who bear that image and that likeness? How much more will his providence then be bestowed upon the, those whom can be, who can live with him for all eternity in heaven? And so what the Lord is saying 
is by simply considering creation and considering God and his activities, we are brought to peace. By meditating upon the mysteries of God and Christ himself, we are brought to peace. And this is the right use of our mind. Our mind is made for the contemplation of God. Our mind is made to think about God. We will do that for all eternity when we contemplate his majesty, when we see him in the beatific vision. But in this life, we can even begin to participate in that in a very real way through contemplating his mysteries as they are revealed to us through his Son. When we turn our minds towards Christ, that is the right application of our thinking. When we pray and contemplate God, that is the right application of our thinking. When we are more concerned about God than we are even about our own life and our necessities, that is the right application of our thinking. And in this, our mind is being used for that which it is created for, the contemplation of our Heavenly Father, in whom we find our peace, in whom all anxiety disappears. Amen.